Good morning. We are so glad that you are here with us this morning in Chapel Roswell. I am Melissa, one of the pastors here, and it is a privilege to be here sharing with you today. Today we are going to be looking at the story of Zacchaeus from Luke's Gospel. And before we start and before I read that scripture, I'm going to set it up for you just a little bit. The story follows a couple of different stories in the Bible that kind of help shape how we read it. The first one is a parable that Jesus tells about a tax collector and a Pharisee. And then the second one is a story about a rich ruler. In the parable, the tax collector is standing there in the temple and he is praying, but he prays humbly and quietly while the Pharisee is there in the temple praying loudly, proclaiming all that he has done on God's behalf. And then in the second story, the rich ruler comes to Jesus asking what he must do to get eternal life. And Jesus tells him, first, you must keep the law, and then second, you must sell everything you have and give it away. Well, the rich ruler thinks that the first is easy. He has always kept the law ever since he was a child. But the second thing, to sell all that he has, he just can't do it. And so he goes away sad. And so then we come to the story of Zacchaeus found in Luke 19, verses 1 through 10. It says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through town. A man there named Zacchaeus, a ruler among tax collectors, was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he couldn't because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and he climbed up a sycamore tree so he could see Jesus, who was about to pass that way. Jesus, and when Jesus saw, came to that spot, he looked up and he said, Zacchaeus, come down at once because I must stay in your house today. So Zacchaeus came down at once, happy to welcome Jesus. And everyone who saw grumbled, saying, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. And Zacchaeus stopped, and he said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anyone, I repay them four times as much. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this household because he too is a son of Abraham. The human one came to seek and save the lost. Let us pray. Lord God, be with us in these moments. Make your presence known to us. Let us hear the words and receive them so that we may be transformed by them. Lord, Get your servant Melissa out of the way and let the words in my mouth, meditations in my heart, let them be yours and not my own. Amen. So when I was a kid, I have to tell you this story, I used to love this story about Zacchaeus because I loved to climb trees. Now, I grew up in front of a wide patch of wood, so I had lots of opportunities. Now, I'm not sure why I loved it so much. It may be because I'm a little bit of an adventurous soul, and I like to do things that some might 
consider a little risky, a little dangerous. Or I may have done it because I was the youngest and the shortest and the only girl in my neighborhood. And so often that left me feeling a little small. I was left out of a lot of things. And so I wanted to see and do what the big kids did. And so what I would do is I would go and I would climb up into these trees. And that gave me a vantage point of the entire yard and some of the neighborhood where I could see beyond my own yard. I could see what the neighbors were doing. I could see them helping each other out, playing with their kids. And I loved that. But despite my best attempts and really my dearest wishes of staying in that tree forever, it just wasn't ever an option. Because eventually a voice would call from my house telling me to come down and inviting me to the table for dinner. Now, I started thinking about these tree climbing days several weeks ago as I was rereading the story of Zacchaeus. It wasn't a hard leap to make because, you know, Zacchaeus was a wee little man and a wee little man was he. And he climbed up in the sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. You have to work that in anytime you talk about Zacchaeus. I knew that somehow my experiences of tree climbing shaped how I read this story. I couldn't quite put my finger on how that was. And then this book, The Turquoise Table, crossed my path. And I started to read it, and as I read, I read how the author, Kristen Schell, had once felt called by God to open her life and her home to others. She wanted to create a sense of community where people could come together. But in the very midst of a very busy life, she found that this was really difficult to do, juggling kids' schedules and different social events. That was until one afternoon when the Lowe's delivery people showed up at her house. And they were bringing two picnic tables that were to go in her backyard. But as they were unloading them, they unloaded one in the front yard. And when she came out of the house and she saw it sitting there, a moment of divine inspiration took place. And she realized that that was where that table really needed to stay, in the front yard where it could call her family out of backyard living and create a culture of front yard living where people were welcome to come and sit. And that was a day-to-day -day norm. So her story, coupled with my own story, began to work in my heart as I read this story of Zacchaeus. And it began to show me how these 10 verses in Luke's gospel connect us to this little man from Jericho. New light was shed on Zacchaeus' story, and I began to hear it as one of invitation and belonging. A story that reminds us of who we really are, how we are invited, 
and then how that moves us in new directions. Now, Zacchaeus, he knows who he is, or at least he thinks he knows who he is. He's short. He's a tax collector. He's a man of wealth, and, well, people around town, they say he's a sinner. In short, no pun intended, he's excluded. Being the, being the chief tax collector, that means that he's often just left out. He's not invited to others' houses. He's not given invitations to come to gatherings and parties by his neighbors. He's considered the low life of the community. And I suspect there's really no doubt that he is sometimes hurt by these words that others say about him, even if he doesn't let on that it hurts. And he's probably heard them so often that he's begun to maybe define himself a little, by, a little bit by them. He may be the loneliest person in town. Nevertheless, on this day when Jesus rolls into town, he chooses to plunge out into the streets to be with other people. To see this man who heals the sick and eats with outcasts. Curiosity, it motivates him to go. Maybe because he identifies with so many of the people that Jesus has already engaged with. Perhaps the stories he has heard have sparked his imagination. And I wonder, you know, maybe did he hear about Matthew? Because Matthew was a tax collector, but now Matthew was a disciple. Or had he heard about the woman who had touched Jesus' garment and then been healed? Maybe he hopes that just seeing Jesus will change his life. And so he doesn't push the point about being with the crowd. He doesn't vie for a position there on the street. Instead, he just runs ahead, and he scrambles up into that tree. He waits to see Jesus. He finds a spot, a place that is all his own. We can be like Zacchaeus sometimes. We all have trees that we like to climb. Now, when I was a kid climbing real trees, it did let me see things, but it also let me see them from afar, and I couldn't actually participate in them. I'd heard all the labels that the big kids gave me, and I kind of owned them and just couldn't think I had a place there with them, and so I went away just to watch. And then sometimes trees aren't real. For instance, when Kristen Schell first saw that table, she realized that the backyard had really become a tree that her family climbed. It was a place where they went to be alone. And it called her out to the front yard where she could connect. Other ways that we might climb trees might be hiding behind our screens. It might be our jobs or our busyness. We use these things as protective shields to keep us from having to engage with the people around us. We may do it because we feel left out or that we feel out of place. 
really easy to put your screen up when you feel a little bit out of place and just pretend like you're the only person there. We may do it because we feel uninvited. We may imagine what others think or say about us and own it as if it is true. We may say we're fine. Have you ever done that? Oh, I'm fine. That's the southern way of saying, really, I'm not okay at all. But I'm going to tell you I'm fine. And then we climb up our tree. Finding our place can be hard when we choose to go where others cannot see us and where they cannot reach us. And the truth is that being in a tree means that we are disconnected from others. It is selling ourselves out to the world's labels. It's choosing isolation over community. It is the pro- and the problem is, is that it is hard to engage with people that we cannot see and who cannot see us. It's hard to be authentic and real without relationship. So like Zacchaeus, we like to keep those safe distances, not realizing that experiencing God's grace and love is impossible when we're high in the branches, away from the community. But thankfully, Jesus knows better. Jesus knows where our place is. Whether it's Zacchaeus up in the tree or the lepers on the border of a village or us trying to hide behind our fears and anxieties, Jesus sees us even when we think that we're alone. Jesus comes to that place in the scripture where Zacchaeus is and he stops under that tree and he looks up and he calls out to Zacchaeus inviting him by his name, not a label, saying, Zacchaeus, come down and have dinner with me tonight. I need to come to your house to stay because that's what it meant to stay at someone's house. It meant that you were going to come and have dinner with them. He knows Zacchaeus' name before he even meets him. He knows who Zacchaeus is. He sees him and he invites him into relationship. Like I said, this is more than just a normal relationship extended to someone who you've just become acquainted with. This is an invitation that's extended to someone as a means of saying that you are totally accepted because in the time that Jesus lived to come and stay at someone's house to have dinner with them, that was a sign that you fully accepted who they were, that you belonged with them. So despite the names of what other people say and despite the way that they try and keep him away from the community, Jesus comes to Zacchaeus and says, I know you, you're Zacchaeus, you're a son of Abraham. You belong just like everyone else. Zacchaeus, he went up that tree to see Jesus, but instead he is seen. And Jesus does the same for us. He sees and makes space for us even when we think that there is none. He invites and accepts and meets us wherever we are. 
And then he lets us choose to respond. And Zacchaeus, he does respond to the invitation. He comes down from the tree and he takes steps toward Jesus. Now, I have to wonder, did he almost fall out of the trees kind of out of wonder and surprise because like, oh, this man who's like the great healer has just invited me to come and be with him. Did he stumble over himself as they were walking to his house and to the table? Because there is something special that happens when you get that surprise invitation, that one that you totally didn't expect, the one that says you are included. And well, dinner parties, they are particularly special because that's about being invited to the table to share a meal and it's a place where even more things occur, where conversations are held, relationships are built, and connections are made. As a child, I scurried out of that tree to eat dinner with my family each time that that voice called. And it wasn't because I was necessarily hungry, but it was because I knew that when I went to dinner that the table was a place was a place where I belonged. We not only shared a meal there, but we drew close to one another. And it's memories of like that, of being at the table with people that drew Kristen Shell to create the turquoise table that inspired her. A place where people can be fully present with one another. A place where people can hear each other can hold each other's concerns and share grace and love. The type in this type of presence, it isn't something we do on our own. This presence was Jesus' gift to Zacchaeus. And it's God's gift to us. The gift of community and of relationship. And just as it mattered to Zacchaeus when he was invited, it matters to those whose lives we touch. We not only become present in the lives of others when we gather with them, but Jesus becomes present to us and to them through that act of gathering. Coming to the table, that is a human response to a divine invitation. It's an embodied act where together with the whole body of Christ, we come welcomed by Jesus. And every time that we come to tables, we can be reminded that we are connected to one another in community, in love, and faith. Tables, like this one, or any of the other ones that we encounter in our lives, can be a visible reminder of God's love for us. When we see one, or better yet, sit at one, we can know that we are invited by the one who is only motivated by love. Coming to that table, it reminds us that we are one with Christ, that we are one with each other, and that we are one in ministry to the whole world. 
And for this, we can come with grateful hearts for what God, through the Holy Spirit, has done, is doing, and will do. We can come and receive grace. Zacchaeus responds to Jesus' invitation by coming down from the tree and to the table. And we can do the same. Leonard Sweet is one of my favorite authors, and he wrote once that our culture is hungry for table time. And we are. We need to come and we need to gather at Christ's table and around other tables to remember that we are invited. But we can't stop there. Our human response cannot just be a passive one, but it's also a call to action. Because in coming down from the tree, Zacchaeus' life changes. He exchanges one way of living for another, no longer taking the people, taking from the people, but instead giving all he has to the people. Literally, if you research it, you'll find out that when he says he gives all this back to people, it means he's basically bankrupting himself. He's giving it all away to follow Jesus. He realizes that life is not about being up in the branches, but it's about being at the table and opening our lives to others, inviting them to sit with us and sharing with them what it means to be part of the community. And when we do this, we learn to welcome without agenda, to love without condition, and to listen to one another. Because living deeply into our lives with Christ means seeking to know if we need to come down from a tree. Because before we can be a good host, we must experience what it is to be a guest. And before we can create a place for belonging, we must believe that we belong. And before we can love, we must first know by whom we are loved. We must first know to whom we belong. Because you see, we're able to love because Christ first loved us. But do we live our lives as if we have received an invitation? Or do we prefer to just hang out in the branches, observing everything that is going on below? Jesus invites us to come down. And in receiving this invitation, we join with others and we share our whole selves. Jesus invites us to come to the table as children of God. Now, in the coming weeks, I've been, as I've been reading this, I've been inspired myself. And in the coming weeks, I'm going to begin actually hosting some table hours. I'm very excited about this. I'm going to host them over at the new coffee shop. And you can look for details. They'll be coming out as the whole plan for the coffee shop opening unrolls itself. But it's going to be a place where you're invited to come and sit and chat and ask questions and explore. And there's not going to be any kind of agenda. Praise God, no agendas. We're going to distrust that God will fill the time 
as needed. And from this, I hope that we will develop a sense of community, that we will learn to love more deeply, that we'll learn to welcome people wherever they are, and that we can dream how we can live out Christ's purpose one invitation at a time. But more importantly, before we do any of that, I want you to know that today that you're invited to this table, to Christ's table, so that we can be nourished and transformed and then ready to impact the world. One invitation, one table at a time. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. And today, as I said, we are going to come to the table, to this turquoise table. I'm very excited that the table is turquoise. This is a table that is open for all people who believe in Christ and who earnestly repent of their sins. It's not a United Methodist table, but it is a table for all. Join me as we pray. Lord God, we come before you. We confess that we sometimes fail to be the people that you have called us to be. Lord, we pray that you will forgive us. That you will change our hearts. That you will help us to see where we need to come down. That you will help us to join with the community. We pray that you will guide and direct us that you will fill us with your love so that we may be the people that you call us to be. Amen.